Welcome to the Truth of the Matter Is podcast. I'm your host, Daniel, alongside Jonathan, and we're back for episode number 106. Speaking on behalf of myself and Jonathan, we appreciate everyone for listening today. Before we begin, let's give a round of applause to all who have decided to join us today. We thank you and hope that you continue to press play at your own convenience. So welcome back, Dang. It's been about two weeks, right? How you doing? Yeah, you know, I got um I got booted out of last week's show. Jonathan told me I wasn't allowed to be on. You know, I was being strong armed. I was doing my best to try to get on last week's episode. Jonathan told me no. Um it got violent in here. It, it was it was bad. Man, that's not the way you talk to the audience. You can't be saying stuff like that. <laughs> I only tell the truth. I can only do anything but but tell the truth and be honest. Well, you know, you know the truth of the matter is we can't we can't say things like the that. Truth of the, the truth of the matter is he's a violent man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a violent man. I didn't know that. No, but um, you need to be somewhat of a savage to follow follow the word of God. I, I truly, honestly do believe that. Okay, why do you say such a thing? Because when you sit back and you think about it, right? Okay. To have the audacity to follow the creed of religion that some people have, right? For some people, it's Christianity. Let's say it's like uh, another group. It would be like Islamic or whatever the case may be. To follow the principles that you establish for yourself, you have to be somewhat of a savage. Mm. Because only a savage is going to live to his ideals that brutally honestly. And if you think about it, Jesus was somewhat somewhat of a savage, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, he's one went, he went against the grain. It was a whole set of beliefs that were different at the time. People understood Christianity and, um, well, I guess you could say following God and, you know, the times of Moses. Yeah. Everybody was viewing the word of God kind of differently. But he stood on on what he knew and what he understood, which came from a greater source. So as I said, you gotta be somewhat of a uh, somewhat of a savage to do that. Well, yeah, God in the flesh is speaking truth and we believe there's either truth or falsehood. So of course if you're speaking truth then anything else that isn't truth is false so yeah he had his convictions right sort of what we've yeah. talked about here is either you're convicted in what you believe and the difference between a conviction and a preference is that you believe in what you believe no matter what the circumstances and what arrives and a preference is someone that has decided to change based upon circumstances. So as you're talking about, if the circumstances get heavy. No, but I'm talking about it's, uh, it's a little deeper than that because it's standing on something, you know? Yeah. Despite all odds, despite what the challenges may have been. Yeah, that's a conviction. Yeah. No matter what you believe. Regardless didn't lie. Of, mm-hmm. Didn't hide. Yeah. Didn't change it because somebody else thought something different or because mm-hmm. it got dangerous. Stood on it. Yeah. Like really stood on it. So Yeah. Well, I'm glad you came to this discovery now, right? 
or this is something you were thinking about and you thought deeply about it and it resonated, right? <coughs> Would you say? <coughs> You're right over there? <coughs> yeah, I was coughing. Oh, um, okay. Thought I might have to patch it back, you know. That's what they do, you know, with babies when they start coughing and we don't know what's going no, on. No, I'm a, I'm a savage myself. I don't need a pat on the back. All right. But, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But in all seriousness, uh, yeah, I thought that would be a good way to uh, start today off. So what about prayer? All right. Well, we, yeah, prayer is important. It's essential. It's foundational. We're going to jump right into that. And, of course, we don't plan to keep the people long today. Normally, we have something pretty extensive, but I think what we have to say today will be beneficial and helpful to our audience. And for those who are curious, we have three segments on this show. One is the basic segment, the one we take pride in most, and that's me and Daniel unpacking the Word of God through several different lenses, whether there's a philosophical lens, a psychological lens, whether it's a historical or sociological lens, a political lens, we do verse-by-verse passage and kind of unpack it and show how to use what it is that is written and how to apply it to everyday life. We have a segment where we invite guests on to share their personal testimony in their walk with Christ. We think that's that's essential and important because, you know, Romans 1 Verse 12 says we should be mutually encouraged by one another's faith. And as a result, the way you are encouraged by one another's faith is hearing people's testimonies and allowing their testimony to be an essential element to strengthen, motivating, encouraging, and inspiring you to walk this faith journey out, right? We all walk together, even though we live separate lives, but we're here to help support one another. And finally, the segment that occurred last week and day you're more than welcome to join that segment it's just a bible study reflection where me and eric a friend of mine's from high school who i've known for quite some time we actually get together and we select a book in the bible and we go through all the chapters and we kind of do them individually and we come together and we kind of discuss you know what we got from it and usually what happens is and that sort of dialogue that I have with him, there's something that the Holy Spirit does, because, of course, when two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst, God, the Holy Spirit. And normally I'm full. When I say I'm full, there's much more to discuss. But my friend and myself, we, we have busy schedules. So we usually take about an hour, hour and a half. And whatever spills off or whatever the residue is left, has encouraged and motivated me that got me thinking and therefore i created a segment where it allows me to either invite a guest which i have i've i've, I've actually invited paul granger or it could be daniel he could be previewed to that and i will obviously i will obviously give him the verse in scripture and actually in our facebook group i'm a believer i actually said if anyone was interested or wanted to jump on board the email is available in the description wherever you listen to podcasts. You can reach out and enjoy that segment. And I want to extend that invitation to anyone out there. We try to do at least three of the segment with me and Daniel, the basic segment, one of the guests, and one of the Bible study reflections. 
you know, we want to sort of give you a variety of different things you can expect from this podcast that, you know, one segment is not boring enough, but you get a variation of different things. So in the future, if there's something Daniel wants to add that is a little bit more personal for him that he thinks could be useful to the body of Christ, he's more than welcome. We're both here as as executives for the Two for the Matters podcast. And if you're interested in joining that segment, Daniel, you're more than welcome. And if anyone out there would like to join, you're more than welcome. We want to be tools to help you guys as well as ourselves and our faith journey. Anything you want to add there, Daniel? Prayer. Prayer. All right. Sounds like I kind of just talked for nothing. All right. Prayer it is. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We honor you. We glorify you. For who you are, not for what you've done. Bless us today as we live another day in honor of you, having your part and remaining in our daily lives. Open up our eyes to see what we cannot see, our ears to hear, what we use to ignore, our hearts to receive, what we've been rejecting, and our minds to understand. Because when it comes to some things, our minds have a hard time making sense of what's happening right in front of us sometimes. Lord, I pray that we lean and trust the instruction of your word. And we say these things according to you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. (coughs) Excuse me. So today's dialogue will not be long, as I stated earlier. However, it will be an important one. We are continuing with the Gospel of Matthew series, starting at chapter 6. And only going from verses 1 to 4 for those following along again it's going to be Matthew chapter 6 verses 1 to 4 in English beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them for then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven thus when you give to the needy sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Alright, so Jesus starts off by telling us to beware. Beware simply means to be careful, right? To be cautious, to be watchful, to be on one's guard, to be vigilant. Jesus speaks about the word practicing. Now, the term practice is the application of an idea, belief, or method as opposed to theories relating to it. So, when you practice anything, you are embracing that idea, that held belief or method. It isn't in the category of a theory as if you're trying it out. Instead, you're being intentional. Jesus wants to be careful when it comes. He wants us to be careful when it comes to the actions of our righteousness, practicing 
righteousness before this purposes so that we will be seen by many so if we intend to let others see the good we are doing charitable wise then the reward has already ran its course because now people have seen you god doesn't seek to reward you if you're going to already look for love and acknowledgement from the world now if you're wondering what the title of this podcast will be it's going to be charitable giving confidentially the topic of today is charitable giving confidentially the first thing you must ask yourself in a situation like this If validation means that much to you, are your actions done in good faith? Repeat that one more time. The first thing you might ask yourself is if validation means that much to you, are your actions done in good faith? Meaning, are you content with being a blessing to another who may never ever know it was you? The truth of the matter is there are actions done by many anonymously. There are actions done by many that are done anonymously. So ask yourself this. Do you need to make sure that you get the credit for what you do? Remember, God is the one who is unseen. And Paul elaborates on this concept of unseen. In the passage of Corinthians chapter 4 verse 18, let's view it. NIV, Daniel. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So there's a reason why 1 John chapter 4, verse 12, we're going to look at this in the Amplified Version, and it says this. No one has seen God at any time, but if we love one another with unselfish concern, God abides in us and his love. The love that is his essence abides in us and is completed and perfected in us. Which means God does not need to show up to love you when that love was placed in everyone around you. And if we practice, right, passages like Matthew 25, or went as far as to be holy as he is holy, in the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 34 through 35, makes all the sense in the world. And this is what it tells us. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. So the focus is on the motive of our giving, our generosity, is to be motivated by our love for God and his people. Now, love for our brothers and sisters, believers and also unbelievers. The love we have for one another is based on us deserving dignity and respect as image barriers of God. The Imago Day. You know, we live in a day and age where technology has taken some huge steps in advancement. And I am of the belief that technology is growing at such a rapid pace that it is moving ahead 
of the human development as it pertains to character development. I'll say that one more time. I am of the belief that technology is growing at such a rapid pace that it is moving ahead of the human development as it pertains to character development. What do you think, Daniel? What is your thoughts about technology and how it is advancing and whether or not humans have the ability to sustain their character while also operating with the technology that's been provided and is accessible to us? I don't think it's moving past it, personally. I just think a lot of us don't have the audacity, as I said in the beginning of the podcast, to stand on on principle. Because it's a hard and it's a scary thing to do. But I think as people get older, it becomes easier to stand on what you believe because you start to become more of who you are. So I don't think technology is moving past that in the slightest. So you don't think technology gets in a way of our responsibilities as human beings and that people tend to focus much more on technology and less on how we should be controlling it rather than it controlling us? Well, technology is just a tool. So the same way a gun is just a tool. It's, it doesn't do any harm unless if the person wants to fire it. So it's the same thing with technology. It's just a tool that's used to enhance our lives. Now, for those of us who may not have control or don't take our responsibilities and take accountability for for our responsibilities, I should say, then yes, those people, it moves past and it dictates how they control their lives. But I think on on a whole, I think it's easy to get caught up in that idea because it's so widely promoted. And oh, technology's moving faster than we are. But to be honest, I don't necessarily agree with that because that's just the big boys talking. But I think a lot of people, for example, there's so many people out there who aren't even tech savvy, for starters. So they're not the type of person who's even dictated by their phone. But I think on the lower end of society, which we tend to focus on the negative a lot of the times, those are the people who, who believe. Um, that the technology is moving past us. Yeah. But I think for the vast majority of people, they they tend to use it as a tool. Okay. Just the, yeah, the, the negative stuff gets highlighted. Okay. I see what you're saying. Well, so then I want to share a story with you. And of course, the person's name and gender will not be mentioned. And I want to share and get your thoughts because I believe that the behavior that was exhibited in this scenario well not such a scenario the actual story is unacceptable and deserves to be mentioned as a teaching moment so this individual this individual thought it was a good idea to go on social media instagram to be exact and enter the supermarket now they entered the supermarket and began asking individuals that they could pay for their groceries Now, several people denied the offer because they were met with a camera in their face and therefore turned it down. And eventually what happened was people were a little bit outraged because it sort of came off as if she, her intent to pay for a person's groceries came off the back 
of wanting people to actually support her or to actually give her likes and attention while she was going live. And it actually backfired on her and it ain't playing out that well. And I guess the intent to go in there and to, I guess, honestly and sincerely pay for people's groceries, that's not what happened. Eventually, people kind of went after her. So for clarity? Yeah, go for it. She wanted to pay for people's groceries? She came in there with the intent to pay for people's groceries, but while she went to do that, she actually wanted people to see her doing that. And I suppose when she asked certain people and they saw that she had, you know, people watching, they were basically turned off by the idea. And eventually she ended up logging off because the reaction she thought she was going to get was not good. People actually felt. People in the grocery store, let me make this clear. Yes. Because you said something different to start. She came in the store and walked up to people with a camera in their face and asked them to pay for their groceries. Correct. And then the people who had the camera in their face declined it because she was trying to record herself paying for that person's groceries. Yep, allowing them to see that she was trying to do something kind, but also wanting the world to see it. And I suppose they turned it down because so they felt it the problem? You said, what's the problem in, in that scenario? Yeah, I didn't see the issue. Okay, well, that's great. So we're going to go. We're going to find out why that's a problem because we just read it in Matthew 6, but that's why we're walking through it. And I brought the example. Up. So we're going to go to okay. verse 2 of Matthew 6. Uh, what does it say, Daniel? Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Yeah, their reward in full. So. Going live today is is like the modern example of sounding the trumpet. Instead of being disclosed, right? Going live is sort of being loud with your actions by saying, hey, everyone, right? Look at me. Look at what I'm doing. And recording and sharing it, right? Now, some of these actions can result in a positive outlook, right? Some of the things we do can be positive, but another cases it can be negative right now some of the actions can be viewed in the way of a person trying to go viral trying to be famous and in other situations it can motivate and encourage others to do this sort of thing right but unfortunately like i was telling you earlier the individual's intent backfired on them and she got a lot of backlash the situation turned out to be a disaster for her right so I want to go to verse three. Uh, and I think it's interesting, right? Because it's something that's looked at as whether you should take it literal or whether you should ponder on it. But before we go to verse three, the whole purpose of what Jesus was saying and why we're looking at this passage is that when you intend to help someone that's in need, If you're doing it in a disclosed environment or a disclosed way, 
you're being the eyes and feet of Jesus Christ. But if you're doing it where you want everyone to see it and you're looking for outward praise and outward acknowledgement, then it's viewed as you looking for others to praise you and acknowledge you. And that's where, for some strange reason or a legitimate reason, right, depending on how you're viewing it, God thinks that that's unacceptable, that your intent within your heart to give someone that's in need should be done generously. That's why the title of this podcast for this episode is about doing it confidentially. That when you do charity, your goal of giving or helping someone should not be at least in a way where everybody notices what you're doing. And in this case, what this woman was doing was she was trying to film what she was doing. And one can question, are you filming what you're doing because you want people to see that you're attempting to be a good person? Of course, we cover the whole concept of being a good person from God's standard, right? No one is good except God in heaven. And we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. So these actions that we attempt to leave behind give this emphasis of us trying to be good people. But in this sense, if you're going to be a good person, why feel the need to re record? Why not just help people without social media being one of the tools that you're using for people to see? And that's why I said it's the example of the religious leaders who were doing things and had trumpets being played as a way for everyone to know or to be announced that good things were being done for them. So do you now see how that's problematic, at least within the Christian point of view, that if you're going to do something nice to somebody, you might want to keep it disclosed and you might want to do it in a way where a person doesn't feel embarrassed or feel some type of way because you want they everyone seeing that someone is helping them? I view it as, yeah, your behavior, your actions in between is what's going to determine how somebody feels about something, but doing a good act for somebody, there's nothing wrong with that. Even if it was in the exchange of, huh. hey, I would like to record paying for your groceries if you allow me to do that. Sure. But if you're acting like a, like a pompous jerk the entire time, then I'm going to not want you to perform your good act because of the way you're presenting yourself afterwards or during the, during the process of how this is taking place, you know? Yeah. Then that's when it becomes a turnoff. If you say, hey, you know, I would like to record, uh, I don't know, let's say you already walked up to the person and asked them, like you got the camera and everything, and say, hey, um, if, you mind, if you don't mind, I see you have a big cart of groceries here, I would like to pay for it. In exchange, I just ask that, you know, you allow me to record me coming up to you and asking you if I can pay for your groceries and just maybe if we have a small discussion or something or a way to check out, then I'll be, you know, that's all I want to ask in return. I don't think you will have a person who will be upset by that, you know, but if you're like, oh, I'm a big baller. Look at me. I'm paying for this guy's groceries. He didn't have no money to pay for everything that was in his car. So I stepped, then I'm going to look at you like, What's going on here, you know? Uh, then it will become a, a point of contention. 
like you don't want to embarrass somebody, embarrass somebody, or or um, misrepresent them when you're attempting to do good for a for a person. So it's it's not the act itself. Your character and how you are as a person is still gonna come out. Um, regardless, I I hope that makes sense. It's an interesting point of view. I mean, any good things that you've done, someone have you told other people the good things you've done for people as a way of letting them know that you do good things for people or do you do good things for people and you don't say anything yeah i'm not one of those people who like to throw things in people's face mm-hmm. um i get for example right um i had a co-worker who was um, a temporary worker because I'm, I'm an assistant manager where I work. And the temps that usually come into the job may not have money on the first day to pay for lunch. So I took them out for lunch, right? Mm-hmm. Off my own dime, not company money or anything like that. And, you know, he let me know he appreciated it. I didn't go back into the warehouse and start telling the other co-workers that I took them out for lunch. That was nobody's business. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That- so I don't... Mm-hmm. That's what I don't do things. Yeah, like that. so that's what God is trying to say. <laughs> nah. He's saying, "When well, you're gonna give to somebody, keep it disclosed, keep it confidential." And what was going on here is that the Pharisees, when they were doing things, they were announcing it. This is why mm-hmm. I gave the example that the woman who was doing something nice, if she really was doing something nice, there was no need to record, but. The thing about social media is that people are looking for praise and acknowledgement. And you know how it is. People want likes and they want reshares. And they want to, you know, to some extent, what they're doing to go viral. But we got to give an applause for people out there that are doing great things and no one hears about them. Or their podcast. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It, it, I don't think it's bad in the in the sense of content. Okay. You wanted to record something and then displayed on the internet that you pay for some people's groceries but if people are seeing how you're talking with that person and then it's not good then i'll be something i'll turn them okay it's an interesting point of view who doesn't want to see like you know Uh for example if you go and you take care of uh abandoned puppies and stuff on a weekend and i don't know you record it or something people are not gonna sit here and be like oh you just want attention but if your character or your personality and the way you portray yourself shows it like you're doing it for attention, then that's when people can smell the deception. Because mm-hmm. I always say um, certain things, uh, uh, Ma used to say this too, it has a stench, mm-hmm. you know, when you're doing things to be seen. It has a, a very distinct stench to it. And that's when people are going to smell it on you. Yeah. Yeah, I guess... In some cases, when there we do see captures of things being done, there's always someone that's recording that the person is unaware that they're being recorded, and then people hear about it. But I don't think it's ever them themselves getting it recorded. I think it's strangers that take it upon themselves to see the good that you're doing, and then they share it. But I don't know. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, if you take, for example, uh, let's take like a, the Ellen show or like Oprah. Mm-hmm. If you find out, for an example, I'm going to give away 25,000 pairs of shoes to some 
unfortunate children in in let's say a, a third world country or like a small village, right? Some place that will be notorious for being uh, poverty stricken. Mm-hmm. And I go away and I give away these shoes, but then you find out that the shoes are sponsored by a company, and I am being paid five hundred thousand dollars on the back end of this, no cost to me. Uh, on the back end, yeah, and I profited way more than I paid for any of the shoes to help promote some shoe company that's gonna end up overcharging people anyway. That has a stench to it. Now people are not gonna like the fact that you presented your good work. Yeah. <laughs> because it was just a greater monetary gain for you in the end. Yeah. Or that's why it's like uh some people were like, oh, they give away the charities. But then you find out they're only doing it for tax breaks. Then it's like, well, I don't care so much now that you <laughs> that you gave well, that you you know that you're doing the giveaway because you're only trying to benefit yourself. That's the stench. Yeah. So well, a lot of people don't. Nothing wrong with doing mm-hmm. a good act, but don't don't do it just for personal, you know, mm-hmm. for ber- personal gain for yourself. Then it's then that's not the sense of senseless or or the sense of um, yeah. I hear selflessness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hear. I remember a long story. Long story short, I think Mulberry called Michael Jordan out for something like that. That it costs more for his sneakers, but it's cheap to make them. Right, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what one time uh, people were speculating and, and talking about, you know, the money that's being made. But obviously, it's his brand, it's his logo. He's partnered with Nike, and for those who love Jordan sneakers, I, I respect you. But I'm not a wearer of any Jordan wear, not because I have a vendetta against him. I just never been into spending that much money on sneakers but there are sneakerheads out there and i totally understand you know that you like sneakers i think we all like something and we flash them and wear them you know determined on what we like all right so let's go to verse three and daniel of luke yes it says uh but uh yeah But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. All right. Now, something when it comes to this passage, right? But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. It's not something you should take literal, but it's something you should ponder on, right? There's a reason why, you know, God designed most human beings to have two hands. The design. And my humble opinion shows that two is more, two in the most cases is better than one. And there's a support of each other matters, right? Your left needs your right, your right needs your left. There's a saying that two is better than one, which actually comes from a passage. We're going to go to that. Ecclesiastics chapter four, we look at verses nine through 12. And the translation we're looking at this in is NIV. Daniel? Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful passage. Another one is 
One will put a thousand to flight. Two will put ten thousand to flight. When God is on our side. And this is in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 30. Now here's two more. Let's go to Luke chapter 10 verses 1 through 3. Daniel. After this the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him. Two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. So as you see there, he sends 72 out, but he sends them two by two. Last passage, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him right so obviously that's the sum of two the reason why i bring these verses up is because using both your hands together has value when you lift things for safety you use both your hands when you drive it is recommended for your safety that you use both your hands when you engage in weight trading for safety you use both your hands jesus knows the value of using both your hands but when he said what he said he said it for high Probably reasons and purposes, right? The truth of the matter is hands do not have a mind of their own. And a person cannot really hide something in one hand without the other hand knowing what, knowing about it, right? There's no such thing. However, Jesus employs that we should maintain a low, pro a low profile. We should maintain a low profile when giving and it should be done confidentially. So this leads us right into devotional time. Unless there's, there's something else you want to add, Dan, when it comes to this whole thing of giving, or you've kind of said everything that was on your mind about this topic. I think the the main takeaway or the way I would explain it would be um, if you're doing a good deed, don't think about what others are thinking about you while you're doing the good deed. Uh -huh. And I think that's kind of what he meant by don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Oh. Do the act without considering the outside perception. And, you know, yeah. then it'll be earnest. All right. That's it. With that being said, that leads us right into devotional time. So I know what some might be thinking. Should we never let others know about our giving? Well, the truth of the matter is, there are plenty of tempting realities associated with pride when dealing with human beings. So with major public displays of generosity, we are suggesting not to draw attention to our gifts to those who are in need. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, this is an amplified version this. Let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the ones whose heart is in his gift. That's the genuineness, the authenticity. And what better gift is there than that? So here's the prayer for the week. And I say this, that we remember that the intention is key and God knows the heart of the matter. So if you plan on being a generous giver, what you can afford, give what you can afford, do what you can afford to do, and do it cheerfully. And I ask that for all of our viewers, they carry that spirit. 
that wisdom and that knowledge in a way in which they can pry, they can apply it. In Jesus' name we all pray and we say, Amen. Amen. Thank you.